Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Now Johns Hopkins has published an analysis of data from multiple studies of lockdown measures in the U.S. and Europe during the pandemic, and the authors have determined various restrictions on movement only reduce COVID mortality by an average of 0.2%, and more restrictive shelter-in-place orders reduce mortality by only 2.9%. That was the story we discussed at length yesterday, Johns Hopkins with their meta study, which means they studied 24 different studies. They started with 34, kicked out 10 for not being rigorous enough, and so they went with 24 major studies around the world about the effects of lockdown on save, lockdowns on saving lives and determined that, and if you're listening yesterday, you remember this, uh, they had little to no public health effects, but they have imposed enormous economic and social costs where they have been adopted. Part of the conclusion of Johns Hopkins, in consequence, lockdown policies are ill-founded and should be rejected as a pandemic policy instrument. What a bombshell report from one of the most uh, respected universities on the planet, and luckily, since they're not a right-wing organization, if they're anything, I'm sure they're they're a left-wing organization, John Hopkins, uh, I'm sure the mainstream media picked that up and ran with it yesterday, except for... I took in every bit of mainstream media I possibly could. CBS, NBC, Washington Post, New York. I didn't see it any freaking where yesterday. Nobody had any interest in a major study pointing out that, you know, the lockdowns really didn't decrease deaths by any measurable amount, and it did a tremendous amount of harm. So that's interesting. Don't you think that's worth a couple of minutes to discussion? Apparently not. No, it's incredibly frustrating. I, out of curiosity, and, and it's stupid foolish, childlike optimism, scrolled through the New York Times and the Washington Post specifically multiple times yesterday to see if they had picked up the story at all. They have intentionally, uh, 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 what's the term? They've, they've silenced it. They've blacked it out. They have not picked it up at all in spite of its importance. And you know what's really strange about it is I tweeted last night, and uh, I'm going to talk about it a little bit more The WHO and the CDC have several times in the last decade or so come out with how to deal with pandemic uh, uh, plans, guides, charts. And in every case, they have said, based on every pandemic we've studied, lockdowns are not effective and should not be implemented, certainly not on a widespread scale. That was the thinking going into the pandemic that was abandoned in panic over the COVID for reasons that I have a feeling political scientists and philosophers will argue about for decades. Uh, But it was abandoned. And then when Johns Hopkins, again, takes an enormous look, a thorough look at an enormous amount of data and crunches it and says, look, our findings are unequivocal. Lockdown, we were right all along. You were right all along. Lockdowns don't work. Well, because lockdowns were so embraced, especially on the left, they won't even admit it. Good God, the level of dishonesty is, it's elephantine. Yeah, the only COVID-related story that's broken through in the last day is that, hey, now little kids can get shots, too. They report with excitement, even though 90% of Americans aren't going to do that, would be my guess. Right. Because 80% of Americans haven't done it for the older kids. Yeah, that story was everywhere yesterday. NBC did did uh, uh, touch on the fact that not that many people have gotten the shot for the kids so far, but that's the lead. 
to me, that's the lead. If you're going to talk about vaccinations for kids, the lead story is Americans have no interest in them or very little interest in them. But that is that goes against and this is so strange, but we've talked about it plenty. You know about it, how the left has become the 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 side of I'm obsessed with covid and caution. We must do everything possible, no matter the sacrifice to end COVID, which was, and this is, it seems so childlike and idiotic. It seems like it can't be true. But because Trump tried to downplay it, it became a quasi-religious, quasi-cultish, just sacrament that at all moments, at every point, of every decision point, you must go with hyper-caution uh, re-COVID, so you prove you're an anti-Trumpist. I would actually like to have a um, like a really calm, reasonable discussion with I don't know the the county health person or the school board. I don't even know who's in charge of this, but just say, hey, the the Atlantic magazine, which is you know your kind of politics, says there's no point in the masks for kids. S- yeah, for kids. Mm-hmm. So so why are we doing it? I thought about that yesterday, standing outside the school, watching all the kids come out with their masks on. Um, why are we doing it? I mean, who's, who's, they've got plenty of info to back it up, this long Atlantic piece. Um, what, what information are you using that runs counter to that? Maybe you've got something I haven't seen. Well, the one thing that they're leaning on is the CDC did a couple of studies in which they showed that schools with masks for the little kids showed lower transmission rates in the community, blah, blah, blah. But what the Atlantic piece points out, and it's notable because the Atlantic is absolutely a left-leaning publication, what they point out is that the CDC didn't equalize for vaccination rates. And so you uh, you had a school that imposed mask mandates lefty schools in lefty areas that also had way higher uh, vaccine totals. And so the number, if you don't equalize for those two things, that number is useless. The study is useless. It's scientifically invalid. And that's all they have. The Atlantic points out that they did have some studies that equalized for those things and found no significance whatsoever to asking little kids to wear masks that have always been highly suspect, but in the face of Omicron, completely useless. And the kids can't wear them properly if they did work. Yeah, that's the very good point, too, is that um, the masks they're wearing don't work on Omicron anyway. So um, uh, I had another point on that. Oh, I, I, was, I was listening to a discussion yesterday on how the one thing, kind of what you're pointing out there, the difficulty with the statistics is um, almost everybody that's dying of COVID is unvaccinated. Mm-hmm. But uh, they still throw those numbers around the deaths like that applies to everybody. It doesn't apply to everybody. Um, if you're that's vac- a good point. If you're vaccinated, it's very unlikely you're going to die. Very, very, very unlikely you're going to die. Right, it's and like terrorizing if, us with uh, shark attacks, including people who live in Kansas. Yeah, exactly. That's a that's perfect. That's Thank perfect. You. I'm here all week. Yeah, with with the shark attacks, it's obvious that it only applies to people on the coasts or might go into the ocean. Right. It, you don't think about it. Having lived in the Midwest my whole life, it, you never thought about shark attacks. But with the COVID statistics, they throw it out there as if I'm as likely at my age being vaccinated to die. As a 75-year-old overweight person who's unvaccinated, well, the statistic the, there's there's no the, there's no overlap really at all. So right. why are you throwing that all together? And then it, it, clicks, clicks, and clicks plays a role and uh, always. the cultish thing I was uh, ranting about too. Yeah, I think clearly, I think a lack of thinking about this enough by a lot of journalists is part of it. But 
Um, you've got the the crowd that is most likely to mask their kids or or pull their kids out of school and everything like that is by far the most vaccinated part of the country. By far. So you got that weird overlap of your distance, you're vaxxed, your remote learning, your businesses are, you know, uh, everybody's standing six feet apart and everything like that, and you're all vaxxed and boosted. Then you got on the other end, you've got the we don't we're everything's open. We are not wearing masks, but that crowd is way unvaccinated. So you have like double and triple um, uh, ways that the statistics are difficult to figure out. With those two crowds, right? It's it's two very different uh, test pools. Yeah, you know, so it's subjects. not it's not just the masks or just the this or that because it's a completely different lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, uh, you know, and there's some more related stuff. Maybe we'll get into it a little bit later on, including a look back at the Great Barrier, uh, the Great Barrington Declaration, a year later. Do you remember? How that was greeted with derision, hate, widespread mainstream media quashing. Looking back on it a year later, it was almost entirely exactly correct. Also, uh, there was one one more thing I wanted to get to. What the heck was it? Oh, quite a number of scientists are coming forward and saying, I had a study, I had an opinion, I had a paper about the Wuhan lab leak theory and or a contrarian view about masks for children, that sort of thing. My funding was cut. I was silenced. I was told by the head of the university I needed to shut up. My peers told me, dude, you're going to ruin your career. And these are all people who turned out to be correct. Awesome. We've also got breaking news that we should get to on the whole Ukraine story and U.S. troops going to Europe. So, uh and, and some clarifications. So that news broke fairly recently, and the clarifications broke recently. All that is on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Now, as the secretary said Friday, we do not know if Russia has made a final decision to further invade Ukraine, but it clearly has that capability. The Department of Defense will continue to support diplomatic efforts led by the White House and the State Department to press for resolution. We do not believe conflict is inevitable. The United States, in lockstep with our allies and partners, has offered Russia a path to de-escalate. But we will take all prudent measures to assure our own security and that of our allies. So here's the breaking news on that. Last week, the Pentagon placed 8,500 troops on heightened preparedness. Today, the uh, president announced the U.S. will um, send about 3,000 troops to Europe. 2,000 of the troops based at Fort Bragg in North Carolina will be deployed to Germany and Poland. That was John Kirby, the Pentagon press secretary, telling us there. And an additional 1,000 U.S. troops already based in Germany will reposition to Romania. I have no idea how big a deal this is. Mm, sounds pretty symbolic to me. It's a okay. gesture. Um, uh, and then a, a, a particular statement that troops will not be fighting in Ukraine. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, if there was any threat to Romania or Germany or whatever, we sure as hell wouldn't send 2,000 troops. 
I, I, I go back and forth on how big a deal this is, this whole, not the, our troops, the just the whole Russia invading Ukraine thing. I hear people that, that, that explain it in a way that, you know, it's not that big a deal. And people explain it in a way, it's a huge deal. It's a huge deal. So, I don't know. Um, Josh Hawley, senator from Missouri, Republican, is urging the Biden administration to drop support for Ukraine's eventual membership in NATO, which I find interesting. That would be a capitulation to Putin. That'd be a say. That'd be saying, "Okay, we'll do what you wanted us to do. Ukraine will never be in NATO." Right, right. Here's the contrarian point of view. It would be recognizing that that was just stretching too far. That was a bridge too far. It was always going to be very difficult to pull off, and we shouldn't have stuck our neck out that far. The difficulty in sticking your neck out too far is when somebody calls you on it, then you can be portrayed, perhaps accurately, as backing down the face of bullying. Yeah, that's the problem. That's the way it looks. I'm thinking of the Bob Dylan line. Don't worry, baby, I don't mind leaving. I'd just like it to be my idea. The The idea of not having Ukraine and NATO might be a good idea, but having it look like it's Putin's demand and we're giving in is exactly the way it would be portrayed, certainly yeah. to his population. Oh, absolutely, 100%. You know, that Bob Dylan reference reminds me, if you're engaged in the conversation about Spotify and Joe Rogan and Neil Young and all, perhaps you're on Twitter, the 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 Neil Young has a whiny singing voice take is 50 years old and tired. That's not a good take. Don't, don't, don't go with it. I'm surprised that has any power whatsoever. If I want to hear Neil Young, I'll think, okay, I'll listen to it on one of these other nine platforms I can listen to him on. All right. I still got the records and CDs. I figure I could probably wire the stuff up again if it's in a closet somewhere and play Whatevs. it. I'll be all right. Yeah. Uh, didn't get to this story. Major story. I don't know if you ever eaten the Golden Corral Buffet. I love the Golden Corral Buffet. My kids love the Golden Corral Buffet. It's really, it's really well, it's, it's for a certain kind of person. You're wanting to win. You're wanting to win a buffet. You I'm win. sorry. You win. How do you win exactly? You win by knowing that you ate your money's worth. <laughs> I don't remember what it costs. It's not real expensive and not real good. <laughs> anyway, they had a fracas at one in Pennsylvania. Forty person brawl at the Golden Corral and wow. I've seen the pictures it looks like one of those old-timey western movies where the where the saloon where everybody's fighting at the same time like wow. hitting people with chairs and tipping over tables and everything like that it looks exactly like that 40 people yes Michael I have a customer just that was there oh really okay cool With COVID right now, mask and everything, nobody can hear nobody sometimes. There's a lot of commotion there. The cooks behind there are talking. Nobody can hear nobody. You have to speak up loud. I grabbed the chair to defend myself, and then sooner or later, that was it. Punches were getting thrown. Chairs were getting thrown. You name it. You can call it cups, glasses, everything. You name it. Yeah, um, that may be a nice fellow. I'm sure he's good at what he does for a living, but he's not much of a storyteller. So the cook's voices were muffled, so people started bashing each other's heads in with chairs. Well, there was a shortage of steak, and two parties involved in uh, in, in wanting the next steak when it finally came out. Because you, ah. you really win the buffet by eating the expensive stuff. I mean, you can't eat enough 
coleslaw to get sure. your money's worth, but the steak you can. Anyway, one family cut in front of another, punches were thrown, and then that's what happened. And because you're at the Golden Corral, this see, this is as a guy who's been to a lot of Waffle Houses and Golden Corrals, the crowd matters. Because if you're at Morton's and two people got into a fight, which would probably never happen anyway, but if they did, none of the other patrons are going to get involved. But if <laughs> you're at the Waffle House and the Golden Corral, people sure. are going, all right, a fight, and run over, and everybody's going to join in and just start throwing punches in people with chairs. It's just the crowd, man. Well, I wouldn't uh, know. I don't attend these places. But I'll take your word for it. When you're at the Golden Corral and you're using the chocolate fountain, you got to kind of put in the back of your mind that there have been a hundred little kids stick their hands in there today. Oh, You just got to try to put that out of your mind as you're dipping your fruit in the chocolate fountain. That's why God gave you an immune system as far as I'm concerned. I haven't been in one of those places since I was 30 years old. I'm certain of that. For the same reason you wouldn't take a, a, a tour of a beer factory. What good could possibly come of it? God, my Ugh. kids love the Golden Crowd. I mean, they would. If I told them today we we're going to the Golden Crowd tonight, they'd be so happy to be like Christmas. Well, it's like food heaven. <laughs> if you're a youngster, or, oh, you know, yeah. or or an eater, or or a big old boy. <laughs> <laughs> what do we got coming up? The methodology of polling, specifically opinion polling, how uh, answers can be or results can be manipulated, uh, really interesting. Every opinion poll should be taken with an entire shaker of salt. If you miss an hour of the Armstrong and Getty show, you can grab it in podcast form at armstrongandgetty.com. Don't get in a fight at the Golden Corral. Don't hit anybody with a chair. Come on. Bad look. Armstrong and Getty. They say we're young and we don't know. We won't find out. You got a problem with what I'm saying, Larry? Untie your tongue and you come out here and talk, huh? Am I upsetting you, Princess? You know, you want a prediction about the weather. You're asking the wrong Phil. I'll give you a, a winter prediction. It's going to be cold. It's going to be gray. And it's going to last you the rest of your life. Bill, Bill Murray with a dark turn during Groundhog Day. Yeah. I was just watching the real version up on the TV. How those people put on the big smile and enjoy that so much. But I should embrace it. It's what I was talking about for my New Year's resolution. (laughs) I'm unhappy. I'm looking at people like that. They're happy. So I should go with them. I should be, oh, my God, he saw a shadow. High five, everybody. (laughs) Embracing idiocy, are you? (laughs) Great. Super. Speaking of idiots, uh, Whoopi Goldberg has been suspended for two weeks from The View. More on that to come. Stay with us. Live team coverage. Actually suspended Whoopi Goldberg. For her just incoherent take on Nazis, the Holocaust, and racism. It was incoherent, which is fine. Which is fine. That's the whole Joe Rogan thing. Why can't we just all sit around and talk? And you either like it or you don't. Or you can say, whoa, 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 what you said is wrong and here's why. And and then a Whoopi Goldberg, if she, you know, is able to comprehend your argument, or a Joe Rogan, say, wow, you make a really good point. Yep, I have a different opinion now. Thank you. No, no, no. You've got to be silenced and punished. It's crazy. So uh, we talk about statistics on this show, Fairmount, uh, and we throw in far more caveats, explainers, and here's why you got to take it with a grain of salt than most 
places because, you know, as Mark Twain famously put it, three kinds of lies, lies, damned lies, and statistics. Uh, every statistic should be greeted with some degree of skepticism. A couple of really interesting things uh, have emerged lately and come to my attention. The first one is a uh, a tweet from a, a fellow who's involved in the polling uh, business, as is a, a loved one, actually, of, of mine. Um, but he was pointing out that agree-disagree questions can lead to what's called acquiescence bias. Here's here's an example. Acquiescence bias. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, agree-disagree format of asking a question. Do you agree or disagree with the following? The best way to ensure peace is through military strength. 55% of people agreed. Um, these are actual poll results, by the way. 55% agreed. 42% disagreed. 55 to 42. If you ask them in a forced choice format, the best way to ensure peace, which of these do you agree with more? The best way to ensure peace is through military strength, or you give them the choice, diplomacy is the best way to ensure peace. It goes from 55-42 to 33-55. It's a huge change yeah. in the result. Yeah, that's not surprising just because... um. I read the dispatch a lot, and Sarah Isger of the dispatch, who's done a lot of polling for a bunch of presidential campaigns, her her regular drumbeat is issue polling is worthless, and she goes through all Which kinds polls? of all of them. Okay, okay. She's gone through all kinds of examples like this, where you can change the word or structure, change a word or the structure of the poll slightly, and get vastly different results. Right, and then use right. those to drive all kinds of uh, you know theories. So I'm not going to wear you out with this stuff, but uh, that tweet, <coughs> excuse me, led me to uh, the Pew Research Organization's uh, methodology page, where they explain to folks who are curious uh, how they do various questions and, and how they ensure accuracy. And I found this really interesting. Uh, on the question of open and closed-ended questions, one of the most significant decisions that can affect how people answer questions is whether the question is posed as an open-ended question, where respondents provide a response in their own words, or a closed-ended question, where they are asked to choose from a list of answer choices. Hmm. Jack and I talk about all the, uh, uh, this all the time. Uh, what issue is most important to you? That's a huge one. You see that all the time. So maybe keep that in the back of your mind as I go through this briefly. For example... In a poll conducted after the 2008 presidential election, people responded very differently to two versions of the question, what one issue mattered to you most in deciding how you voted for president? One was closed-ended, the other open-ended. In the closed-ended version, respondents were provided five options and could volunteer an option not on the list. So you got five choices, then now, is there anything else that wasn't on the list? Feel free, anything you want. Yeah, I think there need to be fewer fights at Golden Corral's. For instance, yeah, shouldn't have elected a guy from Kenya. That might have been one. (laughs) Obama! That's right, Hank Jr. Oh, God. Okay, so anyway, you got open-ended, what issues are most important to you, or you're given choices and the option to fill in the blank. When explicitly offered the economy as a response, more than half, 58%, chose this answer. Only 35% of those who responded to the open-ended version volunteered the economy. Interesting. So that's a 23-point gap. Right. Moreover, among those asked 
the closed-ended version, fewer than one in ten provided a response other than the five they were read. So only 8% said, yeah, other than those fives, uh, I got a different one for you. By contrast, 43% of those asked the open-ended version provided a response not listed in the closed-ended version of the question. So, in other words, if you give people a set of choices, they will focus on those choices. Their brain will be occupied by those choices. And only less than 1 in 10 will go beyond that and start thinking, all right, what else, what else, what else? Whereas if you just give them a blank piece of paper, you'll get very different choices. Right. Than those five. So climate change might not actually be on your mind, but if you're given four choices, you might check that one. Great example. Yeah, great example. Uh, I I know this because uh, I've read a lot about it over the years, uh, and this is something I probably shouldn't say out loud. I I like to do a lot of this issue polling because it's fun to talk about on the talk radio show, but I always know in the back of my head there's a good chance this is not even close to correct. <laughs> <laughs> on on lots of issues like whether or not you should send troops to uh, to uh, to Europe, only thirty some percent of Americans um, are for that. You ask the question in a slightly different way or different format, you could easily be up over fifty percent. Sure, sure. Uh, you know, okay, yeah. I was going to give some more examples um, from that twenty oh eight poll that I found really interesting. But to your point, and and to our credit, often. When we're talking about an article that says, you know, X percent of Americans think this, we'll go to the source poll to find the specific wording of the question, because that's so important. Um, but but so many of your allegedly, you know, vaunted organizations of journalism don't even bother with that, which is just either so clearly, you know, using uh, editorials masked as news stories, because you're not doing the basic inquiry a journalist would do. Or it's just bias or whatever. Right. Another poll uh, result that I feel like you can uh, put more um, uh, validity to is if it's the same question asked by the same organization in the same way over time. Right. Maybe the number itself is inaccurate, but you can see the movement. Um, if thoughts about uh, you know Roe versus Wade or whatever has gone a certain direction, I think you can be pretty comfortable over time that it is going that direction, whether that number's you know should be lower or higher. Right, right. So some more examples from that 2008 poll. Yeah, I know it's way out of date, but I think it illustrates the point. After a quick word from our friends at Simply Safe Home Security, it is simpler, it's less expensive, there are no long-term contracts, and it's better. So it's not just that it's the cheap version, it's the better version, and it's the futuristic version. And and, and they've got a great new wireless outdoor camera that lets you see what's happening outside uh, right on your phone. No matter where you are, alerts you when someone approaches, so you always know who's there. Maybe it's your kids, maybe it's a rando, maybe it's a burglar, but it'll let you know. Super high-quality cameras, too, so you can actually see the person's face or the license plate number, depending on where you put the camera. Um, Simply Safe has everything you need monitored 24-7 by professionals, and this is pretty cool. Less than a dollar a day, and you can set it up yourself in around 30 minutes. There are no long-term contracts or commitments. That's not the way they do it at other security uh, companies. And you can customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Go today, claim a free indoor security camera plus 20% off with interactive monitoring. Just go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Great people to deal with, too. simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. 
So just for example, in that 08 poll, if you asked an open-ended question, all right, give, give me your most important issues. Uh, the war in Iraq was 5% of people, but if you put it as a choice, it doubled to 10%. Healthcare doubled if it was used as an example. Wow. Um, uh, terrorism uh, increased by a third. Energy policy went from an asterisk, nobody said it, to 8% if you included it on a list. That's that's pretty interesting. Yeah. And yeah. and everybody uses the ones that, uh, you know, bolster their argument or their wants. Yeah, yeah and I could I get I, into the minutia of question wording, subtle changes in questions, which, you know, if you're in the language and, and polling and politics and stuff like that, it's really interesting. It's a little dry. Maybe I'll I'll highlight and bring you some highlights later. Right. Well, there's a complete difference between uh, should women have a right to choose versus should Roe versus Wade be overturned completely. All the words there or the way it's structured fires off different parts of the motions in your brain. Um, I like choice. I like choosing. Yeah. Overturning is scary or good. I mean, it just there's all kinds of things that go with any of those words. Right. You know, here's this is a good example. This is worth squeezing in, and then we'll move on to other fair in a moment or two. But uh, they polled people about uh, taking military action in Iraq to end Saddam Hussein's rule. You remember that? Yeah, I remember when we hung him and his head popped off. <laughs> the Iraq War, if you don't remember, it went great. <laughs> oh, jeez. Iraq oh my is God. now our 51st state. It's oh my peaceful. God. It's prosperous. Anyway, so uh, they asked Americans, do you favor or oppose taking military action in Iraq to end Saddam Hussein's rule? 68% said yes. 68 to 25 said yes. If you asked whether you would favor or oppose taking military action in Iraq to end Saddam Hussein's rule, even if it meant that U.S. forces might suffer thousands of casualties, which is just like saying what war is. Right. Right? I mean, that's not like filling in a big blank. It's like saying, would you like to go to the zoo, or would you like to go to the zoo where you might see animals? I mean, that's not exactly a great addition of information. Right. Anyway, the yes went from 68% to 43%. Wow. So it's like, would would you like if it were 100 degrees? Would if you like it were 100 degrees, then it's going to make you sweat. Exactly. Changes the answer by 25%, and the oppose went from 28 to 48. I'm sorry, from 25 to 48%. This is troubling me because we, uh, you know, we're going to be doing these shows for all, we got many more hours of shows to do in our lives. Uh, And I love talking about these polls because they're great fodder for conversation, but I've always known in the back of my head, and now we've said the quiet part out loud, they're, they're, they're so far from being. A, a good representation of what people actually think. Which polls? All of them. Okay. Okay. Uh, in, <laughs> unless you have a thorough understanding of the way the questions were asked. Yeah, I probably shouldn't have brought this up. I just found it interesting. <laughs> You've ended the ability to ever talk about any issue, but uh, Damn you know, it. it is interesting. It is. Armstrong and Getty. Over the top, I don't know. It's at the top. I don't know if you can go any higher than this for uh, Kid Rock. If he was going for over the top, he was successful. <laughs> I feel bad because I auditioned to be the who 
guy and the come on guy, and I didn't get either one. Mm. So, um, we're sending troops to Europe. Asked why the U.S. has now decided to deploy military forces to Europe. Pentagon spokesperson Kirby today said, well, because Vladimir Putin continues to add forces and arms even in the last 24 hours. So, yeah, Putin is still building up along the border with troops and tanks and all kinds of different stuff. Still. Right. What is right. What, what, what has he got planned? Yeah, that's a good question. I kind of get our strategy, though. If his thing is, if his uh, gripe is... Uh, you're making uh, the lands near me too uh, too NATO-ish, too, too uh, armed up. I don't like it. So I'm going to throw a bunch of uh, armed men at the, the, the border. Our response is, uh, you didn't like it armed up? Here, now it's more armed up. Quit being an a-hole. <laughs> uh, so uh, Starbucks is raising its prices to offset soaring costs. I'm surprised they hadn't already. Um, I hadn't been paying attention. I don't know if they're putting less coffee in my cup or anything like that, the way some other companies have been doing with the shrinkflation. But at some point, I gotta believe got, coffee is like their lowest line item in terms of expenses. That's true. I'm I'm like the only person that ever orders a cup of coffee when they go to Starbucks. But that fits in with the whole world. Eurozone inflation hit a record 5.1 percent last month, increasing pressure. On the uh, the euros to tighten monetary policy over there, but inflation is a worldwide problem right now. Not tighten just the United monetary States. Monetary policy, f you. Signed, Uncle Sam. <laughs> We're gonna keep spending like sailors on a coke binge. What's what's that do to the mood of people when everything is more expensive? It's so so much of it is in is in is emotional. I've always talked about how gas way people way overreact in general to gas prices. Um, I mean, when it when it doubles in a year like it has, that's not a an, just an emotional reaction. But uh, but 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 a lot of it's just it's so it's so right there in your face. You you react more to that than other things that cost you more money that you don't pay as much attention to. But the emotional thing with bacon you, you 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 they ring it up and you're what is it even worth eating this for that price um or your cup of coffee or whatever i, I don't know what that's going to do to our politics i i don't love the chances of the party in power no and uh you can't put it all on them but that's the way politics works yeah, well, well, yeah, absolutely true. You get credit you don't deserve for good economies often you get blame for bad economies that you don't deserve often you know, I was just reading a scholarly piece about how the economy is actually quite good as a whole, but people have the perception that it's right. bad because they're yeah. pissed off. Yeah, there are all kinds of great economic indicators. Um, we talked about this last week with the unemployment among record lows and all these different wages and all these different sorts of things. But, you know, you put gas in your car and you stop at the grocery store, you don't have a good feeling. Well, and if the uh, inflation is eating up your rise in wages, True. then some some aggregate uh, statistic about the con- economy means nothing to a working True. mom, working dad, who are trying to put food on the table. No doubt, but I, I pronounce the B in doubt. You're good. I despise silent letters, <laughs> as you can know. <laughs> Hilarious. God, what's Starbucks going to raise a cup of coffee to? I mean, it's starting to get a little... Getting a little ridiculous, isn't it? I make my own damn coffee. 
You never travel mugs. Stays hot. You're never out and about and need coffee. Almost never. I stopped drinking it pretty early in the afternoon. I I power it through, man. Yeah, I like it. Uh, Here's a good band name: The Rampaging Pigs. Uh, Saw this. This was actually (laughs) in the New York Times. The Rampaging Pigs of the San Francisco Bay Area. A proposed California law would make it easier to hunt feral swine. The voracious super invaders, it says here, that are a bane of some East Bay suburbs. I don't know any suburbians, and I know plenty who live in the East Bay, uh, that have uh, been suffering under the hooves of these, what does it call them? Voracious super invaders. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're beset. Are you kidding? Ladies and gentlemen, the rampaging pigs of San Francisco. Yeah, they don't sing their songs. They squeal them. All of them. Fantastic. (laughs) Gets a little grating by about an hour in. So we got over 2,500 people a day dying of COVID still. So that's, uh, you know, you do the math on that. That's 75,000 a month at the beginning of this thing. I didn't think there was a chance in hell we'd end up with 75,000 total deaths Mm -hmm. out of this thing. We're using 75,000 people a month still. Caveat, I don't have a 100% solid understanding of who's dying with COVID and who's dying from COVID. Well, do you buy those increased death statistics? Like the Wall Street Journal was pointing out, we lost a million more people during that period of time than we should have? Yes. Yeah, well, to a large extent, yes. Well, they're, they're dead. We lost a, a million more people died than normally would have died during that period of time. They died of something. Uh, could be drug overdoses and suicides, too. Armstrong and Getty.